a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Hey, I'm Eric from Alabama. I'm Jerry from Boston, Massachusetts. It's another Sunday podcast. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Eric. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. That's a little different opening for you. Are you in another galaxy? Mm, maybe. It could be. I think the last time, last week, you were in the Witness Protection Program. You Right, yeah. You've, you've moved mm -hmm. again, I see. Yep, got a lot going on. Well, we'll just have to uh, save that for later. So what's happening with you? What, what's been going on? How you been? Been doing good, kind of taking it easy over the Christmas break. Uh, it's funny because, like, the workload went uh, all of December. It was just boom, 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 moving, moving quick. And then uh, the week of, well, Christmas Eve got here, and it just stopped. <laughs> Stand still. So... Uh, now it's like, well, there's nothing going on. Did you see um, the planetary conjunction on the 21st? That was awesome. Uh, we did have a very clear night here in Boston, and it was very, uh, very short-lived here because it was so close to the horizon that if you blink, essentially you missed it. But uh, I did catch it. Unfortunately, I don't have a telescope or, or, or a camera with a lens that could get a decent picture of it. But yeah, that was... That was incredible. I think they said 800 years since the last uh, time it did that. Yeah, 400 years. I think it was, it happened in the 1600s and it was really hard to see because of the cloud cover and the weather and all that stuff. But I think they said that the last time it was that clear or maybe that close or something like that was uh, in the 1200s. That was incredible. And you had, you had a, uh, you had a decent uh, holiday. I know like a month after Christmas here, but you, you had a, you had a decent holiday, some time off from school and now getting back into the swing, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been pretty good. So I had a pretty good Christmas. So, but how was your holiday? It was good. It was fairly quiet. We had um, just the folks here that live here for Christmas dinner on Christmas Day. I actually had a couple of gigs as Santa on Christmas Eve for some friends, which started out as a one-time thing for a, a work meeting. I showed up as Santa as a joke on Zoom, and the word got around. Next thing I knew, I was doing four staff meetings, and then my friends were uh, asked me if I would do uh, Santa for them. And so I did that, and then I reached out to some other friends, and so we had some we had some fun with uh, with some kids being amazed that Santa was actually talking to them through the computer, and uh, knew everything about him because Santa's a really smart guy. So uh, that was a lot of a uh, lot of fun. I enjoyed that quite a bit. So I said maybe next year I'll just put up a tip jar. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people think that Santa doesn't keep up with the technology, but he does, you know, he, well, he knows what's going on in the world. So it, it, you're absolutely right. And, uh, I, I was really impressed by one of the children asked Santa if he was being safe and if he wore a mask and Santa's reply was, uh, 
Uh, yes, he was, and he was keeping the reindeer socially distanced. And uh, so, you know, Santa 2020, I guess. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. I look forward to doing it again next year. I But I, I hope also that we'll be able to, you know, see everybody and, and, do, uh, and do the old traditional Christmases. And it looks like, you know, from what we're seeing in the news, things are, things are starting to... Uh, to look up with vaccines and and things like that, I think uh, another month or so I should be I should be able to uh, be eligible for mine. So I'm kind of looking forward to that. But it was uh, it was good. I mean, the weather was <clears throat> the weather was good. Actually, Christmas here was about 60 degrees. I I actually read that Boston had the warmest temperature in the country on Christmas Day. Uh, wow. Yeah, which is warmer than Florida, warmer than California, warmer than Hawaii. We had the warmest city, or maybe it was in the continental 48th state. I don't know about Hawaii. Uh, but yeah, we had the uh, the warmest on record uh, for uh, for that day. So something that uh look forward to. In fact, New Year's Day was the same thing. It was raining. Uh, but you know what? Rain in 60 in January? I'll, t- I'll take it. You know, I was... Um, I have to share this story with you. Have you ever, have you ever had, run into people that say you look like somebody or you sound like somebody? Um, so I I used to get that quite a bit uh, from people, and and not to not to toot my own horn here or anything like that, but people used to used to, and people out there listening that know me will attest to this. Some people think that I may look a little like Jay Leno. Actually, the first time I saw you, that was what I thought. Okay. He looks just like Jay Leno. (laughs) (laughs) Which is not a bad thing. People say, oh, you wish you had his money. I said, I'd just like one of his cars. Uh, (laughs) I went, I happened to, in my travels, was able to go to to see Jay Leno and the Tonight Show tape in Los Angeles. There was a warm-up. There's always a warm-up act that comes out before the the show tapes. And uh, one of the people that was in the party I was with told the woman, hey, this guy pointing to me looks like Jay Leno, blah, blah, blah. Then Jay comes out and he talks to the audience before they get into the taping and all that stuff. And he actually sat down next to me. And uh, I said, hey, you know, I'm from Boston. And he was from Andover, Mass. And and he's like, yeah, I don't think he looks like me. And he just got up and he kind of walked <laughs> walked backstage. But uh, unfortunately, you couldn't bring cameras or anything in there. So it's like I can get no selfies uh, with that. So you're just going to have to take my word for that. So this, the, pur- the purpose of the story was just before the pandemic, I'm on a bus. And um, and I don't usually take a bus to work. <clears throat> um, but this particular time I was, I was traveling on public transportation. And uh, so I was taking this bus. And there's some interesting people. <laughs> that ride the bus and I'm sitting on the bus and I'm looking down and there's this gentleman and he's just kind of sitting sort of with his back to the windows, you know, like those bench seats. And I'm sitting in the, like a normal front facing seat and he's looking, I can see he's looking at me and he's kind of just staring. He's not saying anything. Finally, he, he started to say something and I didn't hear him and I, I basically ignored him. And the guy that was in front of me said, Hey, this guy is trying to get your attention. So I look over and I said, Hey, what's up? And he says, you know who you look like? And I said, I know Jay Leno. And he goes, no, you don't look like Jay Leno. You look like Chris Christie. (laughs) 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 And I said, thank you, sir. You have yourself a nice day. So uh, when I was younger, it was George Clooney. When I was older and gray, Jay Leno. And now, Governor Chris Christie. (laughs) Have have you ever been told you look like somebody? Oh yeah, 
who, who many they, times. Who do they think you look uh, like? Phil says I look like the lead singer of Wolf Mother, which I've never. I don't know. It's a band. I, I don't okay. know who uh, <laughs> who that band is. Um, I think that's right. But all the people they tell me I look like, I really don't know who they're talking about. So we are getting such an amazing response. I am literally blown away at the response of um, to to this podcast. We've had some great guests on uh, the last four, four weeks. We do have some more guests that will be joining us in future episodes. But the response has been, I, again, I'm blown away. I'm really humbled, I guess, by the number of people who are listening and folks are actually making comments and, and sending in um, sending text messages or, or email comments. I, I thought we'd take a minute to thank the people and list some of the cities because we are worldwide, my friend. Why don't I let you... You start. You have some cities over there, people who have listened to us. Yeah, we would like to thank our listeners in Lake Stevens in Washington State, uh, our listeners in Medford and Reading, Massachusetts, our listeners in Anchorage, Chicago, White Oak, Maryland, West Hartford, Connecticut, and West Melbourne, Florida. Also, thanks to everyone listening out there in Manhattan, New York, in uh, Beverly Cove, Massachusetts. Auburn, Massachusetts. We are worldwide because we have a listener in Kilkenny, Leinster, and I hope I'm saying that right. Kilkenny, Leinster, Ireland. So thank you to uh, to all of the listeners out there, and for your for your comments and your suggestions. It's been um, it it's a lot of fun to do this. Uh, we have a we have a blast uh, bringing the uh, the show to you, and we just want to let folks know also. That if you have an interesting story or know somebody that has an interesting story and thinks would be a great fit for our show, and again, it can be on any topic, uh, please drop us a comment in the comment section of wherever you happen to be listening to us, or you can send an email to it's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com. It's another Sunday podcast at gmail.com, and we'll reach out to you and uh, perhaps have you on a show. You know, going over some of the the different topics that we've we kind of talked about in uh, in our past conversation. We're talking about you were talking about hunting the other day, and and going hunting. And I was kind of curious on. I, I, I guess it's deer hunting down there, right? Yeah, deer hunting's big down here in Alabama. So you obviously hunt. Are you also a um, a consumer of of uh, of venison? Do you actually eat? Oh yes. Oh yeah. That for me, that's the whole reason for going hunting. Like, uh, if I didn't, if I wouldn't eat venison, I, I don't think I would hunt. But it's a it's a nice way to um, to make meat for the upcoming year. I know a lot of people down here that uh, augment their their grocery bill with by hunting. So I I worked with a guy who who did a lot of bow hunting up here, and he used to bring in um, uh, venison. I think he used to. He used to smoke it, or he used to put it on like a like one of those dryers. I think made beef jerky out of it. Yeah, yeah, I think he yeah something like that. Yeah. Exactly. What what does venison taste like? Oh, well, chicken. I I don't know. I'm not good at des- I'm no, I'm not good at describing things like that. It's different. It's a li- I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. You just got to try it. It's an acquired so, and, taste. Uh, uh, 
I, I don't know if I would say that. Of course, I'll eat anything, but my mother is a very, very, very good cook. And uh, and she's prepared uh, some venison that I brought her. But but it it's I don't really know how to describe it. I don't know. But it, there's a bunch of ways you can cook it. I know a lot of people make deer jerky. Uh, you can make it into sausage, hamburger meat, um, and then you get some steaks, some roasts out of it. Uh, the tenderloin. Phil brought me some uh, deer tenderloin oh, earlier this year. And uh, the way I prepared it, and I, I did it exactly like he said to do it, was to wash all of the blood out of it. So you put it under the the faucet and you just get all of the blood that you can out of it and then uh cook it on the i i grilled it like you would a steak kind of with some seasoning and and such and uh and it was really good and super tender super tender super tasty um it was it it was really good and another thing that i've heard is that deer like that like the tenderloin tastes better if it's kind of medium cooked to like medium or something like that, I don't, I don't know how true that is, but I, I like, I like venison a lot. And I, and I like, I've always kind of wanted to be self-sufficient and uh, I've, I've always had like a, a dream of being able to hunt and have a big garden and grow my food for the, you know, at least most of the year and uh and preserve and can and all that stuff that's always been something that i've wanted to do and i I went maybe a handful of times as a kid my grandpa and my great grandpa were big hunters and uh and they you know they were out in the woods every season in fact my grandpa and my great grandpa each killed a bear up in pennsylvania they they were they would hunt bear up there um but so but I, uh, I have not been hunting, but maybe a handful of times. So, but I would like to. I've, n- I've never killed one yet either, which I would also like to do. So, but hopefully this season I'll be able to get out and uh, and connect and make some meat. The more more hunting for food for you than it is for the sport. Right. Yeah. Growing up, I got to try my hand at at skinning and and uh, tanning a few deer hides. And, you know, the uh, like the Native Americans back in the day, brain tan deer hide was what they made a lot of their clothing out of. And me and dad tried that. We found a roadkill deer. It was fresh. It was fresh. It had just been hit. And so we got the skin off of it. And there's a guy, uh, he used to be on the television down here in Alabama and maybe in the southeast. I'm not sure. His name was Archie Phillips. But he he had this episode on the TV uh, that we had dad had taped on VHS <laughs> and we watched it. Uh, but it, he interviewed this guy uh, who tanned hides like the natives did back in the day. And they made this big frame and they kind of sewed the deer hide into it. And then they would scrape the membrane off of one side and then scrape the hair off of another and then, uh, and you, you can tan it with the hair on, but a lot of times you take the hair off and then you let it dry. And that's like rawhide. 
and then you can uh, you kind of cut it out of the out of the frame and you you basically work the hide all through the little the brain solution and then you have to you wring it out and then you have to physically work it like you stretch it and you and you just got to keep stretching and keep stretching and keep stretching and keep stretching until it's completely dry and my dad uh did this uh years ago and he thought he had it dry but it wasn't completely dry i guess there was some moisture still left in the skin in some areas and it was all tough it, it was like half brain tanned deer hide and half uh real you know brain tanned hide but the stuff that that was dry that really ended up being the you know tanned hide it's like pajamas I mean, it's so soft and supple. It is very, it was, you could see how it would make very nice clothing. Great story. You did say something, though. I wanted to, I want to shift gears here. And we'll get into more of this when we have um, a special guest, hopefully in the future, your dad, uh, to talk about it. But you mentioned uh, reenactments. Uh, you do um, reenactments of Civil War? Of the Revolutionary War, which is a, is a weird i know it's kind of weird especially being from alabama but so uh there's a place uh in montevallo called the american village and they opened up in 2000 2001 i think and the executive director there is tom walker and uh it, it's uh his brainchild and it's almost like a little miniature williamsburg it's a very cool place um, and the buildings, there's like a, I don't know what scale it is, but it's not the size of Mount Vernon, but it's kind of a scaled down thing of Mount Vernon. And from some of the buildings, uh, there are copies of some of the buildings at Williamsburg that are kind of scaled down. There's a great big field out there, and, uh, and, and it's uh, an education center for, uh, well, school groups come through there a lot. And they they kind of uh, do reenactments, much like Williamsburg, they, and uh, and teach kids about the founding of the country. They have big events. Uh, Memorial Day, they do a big event. Uh, they did not this year because of the COVID. Um, we, and uh, or maybe they did. I can't remember if they did Memorial Day or not. I can't remember. Um, but they also do a big thing at, at uh, on the Fourth of July. And that we always go out for that, and uh, and we portray the kind of the military side of it, the Continental Army, and uh, we go out and uh, it's it's a great day, and uh, it's a long day, a hot day, but at the end they have this great fireworks show, and and uh, but it's a it's a really good place, and they do a really good good work um in the community the american village does and but it's but it's weird i don't know how many times we get asked uh you know oh are, are y'all from alabama well you know alabama wasn't a colony it was just a territory in in the revolutionary war but the thing is is that in alabama the civil war gets a lot of attention and you know the big things we had down here was the civil war and the civil rights movement and those are definitely important parts of history, but it often uh, uh, the the history of the American Revolution sometimes does not get as much 
attention in our area. And so it's a good, a good way to kind of bring that history to, to, uh, to some of the, the people down here that, um, that may or, or may not, uh, know very much about that, that, that time in history. You actually partake in this. I mean, the costumes and, and that, or you're not just a spectator. You're actually one of the actors, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. Reenactors. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we, we do the, the, um, we dress up in the continental army uniform. In fact, we, we've kind of chosen a, uh, so my family's from Pennsylvania and, uh, we kind of chose to do a Pennsylvania regiment since they were involved in the American revolution. And we chose one of the ones, uh, the first Pennsylvania regiment, which saw service from pretty much the beginning of the war to the very end. And that way that gave us an opportunity, you know, if we got invited to an event that was later war or early war, we could kind of do all kind of, you know, it gave us a lot of flexibility. And so we studied, you know, the uniforms that they were issued, the kind of things that they, uh, uh, you know, that they dealt with the, the different battles that they were in. And so by looking, by focusing on just one unit and looking at that kind of microcosm of what happened in the American revolution, it really allows you to bring it to life in a way that maybe, you know, you can see the day to day part of it and, and things that, that they dealt with certainly were true across the entire army. So by by getting into the detail, uh, you can actually give you give a much broader perspective on things. So and uh, and my dad is the one who got me into uh, reenactment. Uh, he he did reenactments even when I was a kid, and then when I got old enough, I would go out there with him, and I enjoyed it. That's where I get my love of history from. And uh, and there's a guy. Um, uh, muzzleloader magazine and he does the long hunter impression his articles are like great he's kind of a rock star when it comes to the reenactment world but uh but so we we would read a lot of his stuff and uh and a lot of primary source documents from uh the revolution from the first pennsylvania regiment and then kind of build our interpretation and our uniforms and everything off of that so yeah, that's pretty pretty interesting. I I know um I know uh, a gentleman up here who participates in Civil War reenactments. See if we can somehow work on uh, maybe getting him on to talk about that, and maybe have you and Dad on to talk about your reenactment. We can just do a whole reenactment show. That would be uh, I think that'd be kind of interesting um, that people uh, do that. And of course, you know, later on in in the episode, we'll talk about your German culture. You enjoy getting dressed up into historical type events. I think it's, I think it's awesome. And if people could, if, if we were actually videoing this, I would have a picture of you and your leading hosen up on the screen right now. <laughs> later hosen. Late, um, thank you. Later hosen. Uh, later. Yeah. What did I say? Leader? Le- leading? Later hosen. See, I didn't know you were going to blackmail me with that, that photo there, Jerry. I'll edit this whole thing out. Uh, but you, you're in, <laughs> not not really. Uh, no, it's. I think it's awesome that you that you're so much into history that you 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 do all these these great things. Eric, we have come to the end of this episode. 
It's always a pleasure chatting with you and just random things coming up. Big shout out to everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the show, to, to all of our listeners. Um, again, we are we are humbled by uh, the response. Never expected anybody to listen to this kooky little podcast. Thank you from, from the bottom of my heart for uh, for tuning in, and hopefully you will continue to tune in. And send us your suggestions and send us uh, send us your ideas, and, and please join the show. This is all about you. This isn't about Eric and I. Final comments? Just want to give a shout-out to all our listeners. And as we go into this new year, let's just roll with the changes. It's Another Sunday Podcast is produced and directed by Eric and Jerry. Technical advisor, Tom Billadu. Music composed and performed by Tom Blaze. Check out Tom Blaze's YouTube channel at Tom Blaze. That's it for this episode of It's Another Sunday Podcast. Thanks for listening.